Disclaimer. The following content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Bitcoin Magazine Podcast, and I'm Graham. Today we've got an interview with Nathan Hadley. He's the man behind Bitcoin Magazine's price analysis, and you probably know him best as Bitcoin Schmitcoin. Dave, what did you and Nathan have to talk about? Well, to be honest, I've never really tried to understand price analysis. It always just kind of seemed like, you know, astrology to me or something. And I've known about Bitcoin Schmitcoin since 2017 during the ICO bubble. A lot of people and projects have come and gone from the industry since then. And I think the fact that he's stuck around must be a testament to something that he's doing that is working. I also just really want to know what a day in the life of a price analyst is like. Cool, man. Sounds awesome. Let's uh, let's hear the interview. My background is actually aerospace engineering. I, I did that for a few years. And while sitting in my cubicle one day, I heard Andreas Antonopoulos get on Joe Rogan's podcast back in like 2013 or something like that. And he started talking about Bitcoin. And um, I was peripherally like keeping tabs on Bitcoin for years. I would see it fluctuate in price. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell is going on here. So I was just going to steer clear. And then uh, one day I just set a bunch of price alarms on some random, you know, like back in the day, there was there were like no, I say back in the day loosely, but like back in the day, like four years ago, five years ago, there weren't like good apps to track price. So I downloaded some sketchy app that was like, send me an SMS text message whenever Bitcoin hits X price. And I said it and like, I forgot about it for like a couple years. Yeah. And then Bitfinex got hacked and all of a sudden my phone started blowing up with price notifications that I didn't even know that I set. And uh, I was like, I guess today's the day that I finally buy Bitcoin. I, you know, figure out what I'm doing here. So back in 2016, I started teaching myself how to, you know, just do basic stuff like reading charts and, and all that stuff. You know, it's kind of hard to really, like if you try to figure out how to, how to chart markets, by yourself it's it's pretty difficult most people are full of shit am i allowed to swear on this yeah that, yeah yeah swear okay. away yeah yeah like 99 percent of people are just hucksters that are, that are trying to steal your money or they have like one unique way of doing it so i kind of like developed my own strategy which i think most people end up doing ultimately like no one really follows one particular school of thought like to the letter so right around 2017 is really when i felt i had a decent enough grasp around it and i started posting it publicly to uh to eth trader and then that started getting a little bit more traction and then uh, people were telling me to, i should put it post my stuff on twitter so i started posting it on twitter and then i forget who it was but someone from bitcoin magazine reached out to me and they were like hey uh would you like to you know write a couple articles you know a week for us and uh yeah so i started writing articles back you know back when bitcoin magazine wasn't just bitcoin it was like it would cover altcoins sometimes but yeah so i just started from there and kind of just taught myself along the way yeah uh, that was elliot feeney shout out to elliot um, oh nice cool so back to the technical analysis did you start off working with bitcoin or, or were you looking at like other coin markets so i first started working through just bitcoin and i only like when i first started trading bitcoin other alts like litecoin and ether they were severely like much lower than than they are now i know like some of the people that are listening now probably even though it's only been like three years like when i first started trading ether was worth like eight bucks 
Yeah. And so when I first went to go buy my first Bitcoin, you know, back in 2016, I saw it on the Coinbase app and I was like, what the hell is this? You know, so I started looking into it. Um, and eventually after, you know, Jan- I think it was like January or February of 2017, there was like all these rumblings of like the Bitcoin ETF and, and all this stuff. Like the first, the first batch of like news hype for ETF approval slash, uh, you know, rejection kind of stuff started, started hitting the market and Bitcoin started taking off. And after it got rejected, there was a humongous price. I think it retraced like 50% in like an hour. It was just like an absurd correction. And uh, once that happened, I was like, okay, I really need to figure out what I'm doing because I should have had a plan for this. And part of my plan was I'm going to start looking into other coins. And so I started looking at, at the ether chart and uh, I realized that this was like something that no one was really talking about. And the people who were talking about it where Bitcoin maximalists were saying it was a scam and all this stuff. So I was like, of course, if everyone's saying this is a scam, I'm definitely going to look into this because it sounds <laughs> like, so I was like, you know, this sounds like uh, someone has to be wrong here because the chart looks really good and someone's really butthurt about it. So I want to be on the winning side of this. So I started looking into it and then I started dipping my toes into ether um, shortly thereafter, like around March of 2017 or something. Yeah. And how much are you, are you uh, charting uh, ether these days? Oh, every day. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the main things that I trade is ether right now. I don't post about it or talk about it as much just because I think a lot of people are gun shy about trading alts. For, yeah, to, for good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're highly volatile. And if you don't know what you're looking at, people get really married to their investments and they kind of just get a sore taste in their mouth about trading alts. But, you know, if you know what you're looking at and you're not married to your position and you're, and you're willing to only trade something over the course of like a week or two rather than like a month or two or like a year or two, then uh, it can be really profitable. So I, I primarily chart Bitcoin. Um, you know, I trade it, but I use it to judge my, to gauge my bias on like other altcoins that uh, I, I trade a little bit more frequently these days. Um, if Bitcoin's in a bear market, I'm not even going to touch the altcoins, but if Bitcoin's in a bull market, then I'll be trading altcoins for sure. Yeah. And that, that was going to my next question is how, how much does the Bitcoin price affect, or at least your predictions affect your decisions that you make on other coins? So the best comparison I can make is the Bitcoin market is, it is the equivalent of like the S&P 500. Yeah. Um, obviously it's not an index. It is a single coin, but it functions much the same way. Um, if Bitcoin's going up, then it's, it's like kind of binary. It's like if Bitcoin's going up, then altcoins may go up, but they may also go down. There has never right. really been a point when altcoins go up and Bitcoin goes down and altcoins keep going up. So it's Bitcoin is really the gatekeeper. Um, it's the, you know, the highest liquidity, highest market cap. It's, it's the name brand that most people know. Um, when Bitcoin's doing well, the entire crypto market does well. When Bitcoin does bad, you know, does poorly, the entire crypto market does poorly. So I'm always looking at, even if I'm not even looking trade Bitcoin specifically, I'm always charting it because it is the gatekeeper for all of the other markets. Yeah. And uh, real quick, uh, Bitcoin Schmitcoin is is how we all know you, but sure. your real name's Nathan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, Nathan, are you still working in aerospace? No, no, no. So uh, back in 20 or July, June or July of 2017, uh, I started doing this stuff full time. Um, you know, I, I write pretty regularly for Bitcoin magazine. When the markets are moving, obviously, I'm going to put out more content, but uh, I at least do two submissions a week uh-huh. uh, doing video or text content. Then um, I'm also trading and uh, I run a trading group as well. So yeah. So Nathan, what's your what's your day look like in terms of work like like how what do you do (laughs) i ask myself that every day what am i doing um it it, it really depends Uh, 
<laughs> it, it really depends. If if the markets are trending, then I'm going to uh, you know sit in front of my computer and try to um, capitalize on intraday stuff. Uh, intraday meaning a position that I will hold for no more than like a day or two. Um, and I'll be using intraday timeframes like hourly or four hour candles to, to, to judge my, to, to gauge my bias on those trades. But usually I wake up around nine or 9.30. Um, if I'm really anxious about getting in front of the computer, like maybe Bitcoin's at a really key level, then I'll wake up around eight. But I, I try to wake up around nine or 9.30 because the New York open for stocks opens at 9.30. Uh, Eastern time for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, because you can see a lot of price movement for the day kind of gets determined right at the opening hours of the New York open and vice versa at the New York close at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh -huh. um, a lot of price action either tends to take off, like it's maybe it's been consolidating for the day and, and it'll break out once the New York close happens, or you'll see a, some sort of reversal. So there's like, you know, there's there's pretty well anchored points in the day where I really need to focus uh, and see what the market's doing or just at, at the at minimum, like check on my positions. In between those periods, I'm really just killing time. Uh, there's a large portion of the day where if someone were just watching me, they, they would think I'm just the laziest person in the world and I'm just staring at the computer waiting for it to do something. <laughs> so I'm just really just sitting there waiting to kill the time between those two between those two chunks of time. And then in the evening, I've noticed that there tends to be right around the daily close at 8 p.m. Eastern time. There tends to be some activity. So uh, I, I mean, if, if anyone's been watching charts for any length of time, like it's it's pretty well pretty well known that like the daily close for those who don't know what that means it's like the, if you if you use candles for your trading system the daily close the close of the candle happens at 8 p.m eastern time so uh, a lot of activity happens because people who trade large amounts of money don't trade on low time frames like the uh you know the layman like i would do they trade on very high time frames and they use their bias based on the high time frames so there tends to be a lot of market activity in and around the uh, the daily close so nathan what you do would you call it uh, would you call yourself a professional candle watcher or more of a hedge fund stock trader for the new internet? What do you, which, which one would you take? Or maybe neither. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm really hesitant to call myself anything <laughs> just because yeah. uh, I look at so many people that are so much better than me at what I claim to be a quote unquote professional at. I'm really hesitant to call myself a professional you know, trader. Uh, although I guess technically I would be considered a quote unquote professional trader because it's you know how I pay some of my income. But yeah, I mean, I guess technically uh, I would... I would probably prefer to say market analyst because it seems to be the least entitled, you know, the the, the least entitled sounding um, label. I, I've, I feel like there's a lot of like, especially if you go on crypto Twitter specifically, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm a professional trader. And those people may or may not have just struck gold on the 2017 run. But really, when you ask them day to day, you know, what is their view on market structure? What is their what is their outlook? they really can't give you a very good, coherent, thought-out response. And so, you know, as far as labels go, I mean, you can call me whatever you want. Uh, the, the candle watcher works. I spend most of my day watching candles rather than actually trading. So I'll, I'll go with professional candle watcher. I always thought that would be, at least in 2017, uh, I always thought that would be a good TV show. It's just somebody watching <laughs> the Bitcoin priced candles. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, at least in 2017, the candles were, were moving. Yeah. Uh, the past like four months has just been like watching paint dry. You know, I watch your videos a lot. Uh, 
especially this last one, which uh, looks like you were, you've been pretty accurate about uh, saying where at least we'll bottom out, which is mm-hmm. around the 7,700-ish area. Um, yeah. And I was just curious, like, do you consider, like, what you're doing to me looks like technical analysis? Um, and I was wondering if, if, do you consider what you do technical analysis? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that fundamental analysis in crypto uh, means nothing, especially more than any other market out there. Like whether you're trading commodities or equities or metals or whatever, more so than any other market, fundamentals don't really mean anything. Right. Because, you know, aside from like something just devastating happen, you know, like maybe SEC deems something to be uh, illegal or they, they shut down an exchange or something the fundamentals only get better. There's nothing happening with Bitcoin that it's like, oh, the fundamentals have really changed. It's like, there's only more innovation taking place. Yeah, there are some hiccups. There are some arguments with like devs and stuff, but you know, all things considered, the fundamentals are only getting better. So to sit there and say that like fundamental analysis is something that you can apply to crypto, I, I just, I don't see it personally. So. And, and fundamental ana- analysis essentially is like how, how people look at stocks or, or yeah. companies. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So like one example of fundamental, uh, fundamental analysis someone could do, uh, someone could say, you know, maybe they're watching a negotiation between Comcast and Disney. And they're like, man, they're going to have a, a really big negotiation. Someone's going to get acquired. Something's going to get acquired. Or maybe an earnings revenue is going to come out, you know, a uh, revenue report is going to come out. And based on news and not necessarily market structure, uh, people will buy or sell based on those events alone, which is totally legit. Like there are people that have made fortunes doing that. But in terms of crypto, you know, maybe there's a way to do it and I'm just not doing it. So I, I'm, I don't want to outright say that it's not possible to do it. I just know that for me personally, uh, what I do is I would consider to be 100% technical analysis. Yeah. Can you explain what technical analysis is now? Because to me, it seems like it's somewhere between math and maybe, maybe BS. So like astrology (laughs) forecasting. So like, can you please enlighten me? Yeah, sure. So it's 100% BS. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, the the general idea is that um, if I could sum it up into uh, you know one or two sentences, technical analysis is just looking at pri- uh, past price behavior to try to predict future price behavior based on where the price has been. There are a lot of ways to to come to these conclusions of like that's ultimately what we're doing. Some of them are BS, or I, I shouldn't say BS, but some of them aren't as reliable in all market conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of become self-fulfilling ideas. And I think a lot of people see people just drawing lines on charts and they're like, especially when people start drawing all these like shapes and stuff on charts, they're like, they don't understand it. They don't, they don't understand exactly what's going on. This is the, this is the best way that I've found to personally rationalize why technical analysis works. Back in 2017, when I first started doing it, or 2016 rather, in 2017 when I started publishing it, being an engineer and also just being kind of like a super skeptical asshole, I was like, this doesn't work. You know, this this looks like, it literally looks like nonsense when you see someone try to explain. And I think the reason why it seems like nonsense to most people is because most people are bad at explaining why technical analysis works, why support and resistance levels work. But if you can just think about it like this, from like a psychological and just a human being 
level. If you and a bunch of people you know all go long, say they, they bought a bunch of Bitcoin, I'm just going to make up some number at $10,000, right? There is going to be, and especially if you buy it on margin, the big difference between buying something on margin or versus buying it spot is that there is quite literally a line in the sand where the exchange will confiscate your position once the price reaches a certain threshold, it's, especially if people use things like BitMEX, which has just like insane leverage up to 100x. Yeah, I've um, heard stories. Yeah, yeah. P people will just, they'll, rather than using proper risk management, they'll rely on their liquidation, which means that, say, for example, you went long at $10,000 for, for Bitcoin. If the price reaches 9800 so that means the price dropped 200 bucks, then you'll be liquidated, which means that the exchange will then confiscate your position and they'll sell it at market value. So if you look at it in terms of where people's thresholds will be, where their maximum point of pain will be, support and resistance makes perfect sense if you're the on the other side of the, of the coin, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're if you're a big player and you're trying to move large size, meaning like seven figure, eight figure dollar positions, you're not going to be doing what everyone else is doing. What you're going to do is you're going to push the market to liquidate the people at 9,800 so that they market sell into you. And that that threshold is what creates support and resistance levels. It's where the large market makers are saying, this is the level at which we will be buying and selling and all of the all the zigzaggy noise in between is irrelevant. So if you can look at the market from the from the, the lens of if I had a bunch of money, what is the most efficient way to move it? Technical technical analysis makes perfect sense because it's the, it's the most efficient way to move large amounts of money without crashing the market so that you can also make a profit. I hope that made any sense whatsoever. Hey, real quick, we're going to pause the interview to tell you about Haven. Have you downloaded it yet? It's one of the coolest shopping apps on the market. Haven is the world's first privacy-focused shopping app for iOS and Android. It uses several advanced technologies to keep your information private while remaining easy to use. You don't need to know how advanced technologies like crypto and end-to-end -end encryption work to keep your data private on Haven. All you need to know is that it just works. You can buy and sell goods on Haven with crypto. We're talking Litecoin, Zcash, and even Bitcoin, if you're willing to spend it. On Haven, you can even shop and chat with other users with the added comfort of end-to-end -end encryption, which basically means that all of your data, messaging, and personal identification, all that stuff, it's stored locally on your device. Haven is like the Craigslist for cypherpunks. Own your own information and own your privacy without sacrificing quality. Check out Haven today. Head over to gethaven.app slash bitcoinmagpod to get $5 in free crypto today. Graham, what was the link again? Dave, it's gethaven.app slash bitcoinmagpod. Now back to our interview with Bitcoin Schmitcoin. You see a lot of strange patterns on a daily basis. Are there any uh, moments... Um, days uh where you're you know watching the bitcoin candles like in the past that have have stood out to you as like one of the craziest days of bitcoin oh yeah uh you just talk about like anything man <laughs> oh yeah um the one that immediately comes to mind is when bitcoin cash rose to 50 percent uh you know what when um it had that i forget what month it was it was like Back in late 2017, Bitcoin Cash, the Bitcoin Cash to Bitcoin market reached like almost half, which is unheard of, which for those who don't know what that means, is the value of Bitcoin Cash reached half the value of Bitcoin, which is unheard of for any coin 
ever. It all took place over the span of like two weeks. Um, I don't know if you recall that, but like it was one of the few times when Bitcoin was just dropping in price and all in an altcoin was being very blatantly pump and dumped. Um, and that led into, I think, the, the Coinbase listing of Bitcoin Cash and a couple of other news events that ended up concluding the pump. But like that was by far the craziest, the craziest like few days of trading that I can that that I can remember, at least. I remember this specifically because I was watching some video with I'll never forget this. I was watching some video of like Tone Vase and he was talking about how if you own Bitcoin Cash, you deserve to be homeless is the exact quote he said. And within a week, it just took off on the most epic bull run I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he just kept saying that everyone's going to be homeless and uh, it just kept going and kept going. So it just goes to show you that like, you know, crypto is a, a crazy place. And even if you, um, you know, have credentials in the market, sometimes you can be biased and not look at what the charts are actually telling you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you basically resist news at all costs. Um, I don't resist it because I, I'm not going to be completely naive and say that news doesn't move the market. But to say that you know wh- how it's going to move the market is, uh, I, I, I don't think anyone can confidently say whether, I mean, case in point, uh, the, the futures market backed, you know, yeah, that got that is probably one of the most bullish things that Bitcoin could ask for if you're if you're a trader, um, maybe not tech wise, but, you know, obviously it's it's one of the few for those who don't know, um, backed or B-A-K-K-T, I think is the full acronym. Um, they have a Bitcoin settled futures market, which is the first time that uh, we've had a large credited institution have a Bitcoin settled versus a cash settled futures market. So what that means is that when Bitcoin futures settle, typically the, the price of the contract gets settled in US dollars. But with this exchange, when you settle the futures contract, it gets settled in Bitcoin, which means that if you're on the other end of the uh, the other end of the contract, you have to buy the Bitcoin to pay the contract. So the very nature of this thing being a live exchange or a live product uh, is inherently bullish because it creates demand just by the very nature of settling the contract itself. And right. the market reaction was the next day to drop $1,000. Does that mean that everyone's trying to short trying to short Bitcoin? This is the tricky thing of, of playing news events is that you develop a narrative in your head and then the market does something. And then so you try to understand why the market did it through the lens of the news event rather than looking at the chart and saying this was a possibility all along i mean like for example when i when i put out my video last week or whatever it was you know i I talked about these these price levels having no foreknowledge of the the you know the the settlements or 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 anything with uh with backed and uh you know the chart itself is going to tell you where it's going to go the only thing that a news event is really good for is starting movement it's not going to tell you where the movement's going to go it's not going to tell you where it's going to go up or it's going to go down it's just going to say you know the market's a powder keg you know here's the light and the cards will fall where they may. But when you look at the charts, they're going to tell you the most likely scenario. If it goes up, this is where it's going to go. And if it goes down, 
this is where it's going to go. So like leading into that, what do you do when you have friends? Like you must have a lot of like, especially I had this in 2017 and I'm like a very average like Bitcoin user. It's like every, all my friends uh, started coming out of the woodwork asking me about what's going to happen with Bitcoin, you know, in the next, you know, by the end of the year or something like that. And I imagine you have a lot of people coming at you asking you that, like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So it's a lot less so now than it was in 2017. Yeah. Um, I had people asking me October or November of 2017 if they should be, and this is like after I've been evangelizing, uh, Bitcoin for months and months and months. Finally, at the tail end of this parabolic move, people are asking me, should I be buying? I'm like, no, you shouldn't be buying. And they see the price keep going up. They're like, should I be buying? I'm like, no, you shouldn't be buying. Then the price doubles again. They say, no, should I be buying? And then now none of those people are asking, none of them are interested. Yeah. And so I don't actually deal with it as much as I did. But in general, my answer is that I don't know. When people when people ask me where the market's yeah. going to be in a year, I, I do not know because so much hinges on what the U.S. economy is going to look like in a year, what hedging strategies hedge fund managers will be using in the event of an, an, an uh, economic downturn, say maybe the, the U.S. economy and the global economy goes into a recession. How will Bitcoin handle during a recession? I don't know. No one knows. You know, the Bitcoin hasn't been around long enough to know what it looks like in a recession. But based on the charts, it doesn't look half bad, but it could easily go south. You know, I, I know that's such a non-answer. And I know like the biggest meme on the internet is like whenever you post a chart and you say something indeterminate, people always say, oh, so you're saying it could go, it could go up or it could go down. Gotcha. You know, people think they're very clever with this sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Right now, it's like pre-bull market conditions. If the market is going to break out, this is a really great time to do it. And if it did break out, all of the charts are pointing toward a healthy, sustained move, you know, possibly a year or two. Really? But yeah, 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 for sure. Like, it would not surprise me to see that happen. But if Bitcoin, for whatever reason, because it's, you know, the, the gatekeeper, as I said earlier, if Bitcoin isn't doesn't get the interest that the that the market needs from bigger players if the economy takes a shit well then bitcoin's definitely going to go down because if you're really? if you're looking at yeah yeah i i know that's like kind of not what, what people want to hear but well I, no i just always saw bitcoin as sort of doing the opposite of of what the u.s economy does for instance sure yeah um i i think it's really nice to think that, but if you're looking at it from like a logical perspective, if you're a hedge fund manager and you're in charge of managing, you know, just swaths of people's money and it's just large amounts of money, right? And the U.S. economy is tanking. The logically, the last thing you would want to invest in is a is a hyper volatile asset with low liquidity, because if the U.S. economy is going, to, you know, say the stock market starts going down for a sustained period of time, and you have investors that are like, "I'm getting the hell out of Dodge, and I want to be in cash," the last thing you want to be in is crypto and especially in alts. That's why alts have been doing so poorly this past year is because, you know, although Bitcoin's, th this is kind of where my, my original idea of I don't know comes from is because Bitcoin looks good. It's doing all the things that we want to see on a, in a healthy market. The missing piece is the altcoins. And what we want to see is, in a, is a market as a whole thrive. And that is a sign of investor confidence. That's a sign that large hedge funds aren't pulling out of the market. They're digging into the market. And right now we're kind of at this turning point where it could really, really thrive or it could be very devastating for the crypto market. And so I think a lot of people are like when we look at daily trade volume, it's just it's just abysmal. You know, it's it's been it's been 
trending downward for months and months and months. And that can be potentially a good thing, or it can be an overall market, overall disinterest in the market as a whole, because people are scared of a potential recession. People are scared of it, insert fear mongering idea here. Right. Yeah. Whatever it Sanctions is. Or, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, if, if I, if I were to have to say, is Bitcoin going to be worth more in a year than it is now? I, I don't know that I could com- confidently answer one way or the, uh, or the other, you know, whether it's going to be less or worth more. I would like to say it's, it's worth more. I see a, in isolation, I see a very strong bull market emerging, but given the other factors, you know, we don't know how Bitcoin handles. So I don't feel confident sent, you know, saying one way or the other. And that's what I've been telling even my family members that have been asking me, you know, like, should I be, should I be getting out of the stock market into crypto? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. You know, you know, the, the, the safest thing I can say to someone that's maybe sitting on the sidelines is just wait. You know, if, if crypto is going to gonna break out and going to go into this sustained bull run, it's not going to be a flash in the pan. It's going to be a sustained multi-month bull run. And there's no reason to like overexpose yourself now. If you don't feel confident and, you've, and you're putting a large portion of your personal income and your personal savings into the crypto market, you know, maybe it pays off, but you know, maybe you'll be wishing that you'd been a little bit more patient. And instead of buying at 8,300, which it's currently sitting at, maybe you wait until it gets a bullish confirmation at like 10K or 14k like yeah you don't catch the bottom but man that that degree of confidence can make you sleep a lot better at night i guarantee you yeah that's actually uh not 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 really what i expected you to say um but i i wanted to touch on um uh sort of like what you keep saying about alts which uh coming from somebody who i got you know i got involved working in this industry for bitcoin magazine back in uh early 2017 and i saw the whole alt battle we'll call it play out and uh i so much of it i was disgusted by so i personally i stay away from anything but bitcoin and you're saying i i hear what you're saying that about i, I mean i'm not really bringing up the discussion about whether or not like other coins have have value like I, I i mean i think that's but you're it sounds to me like you're saying for a healthy price ecosystem in general there needs to be altcoin action and i, I want to know if you could explain that more yeah sure so before i do do you mind if i ask you a question so what specifically were you disgusted by blatant scams with like ICO ICO tokens? Scams. ICO scams and and i think in general just um like the promise of it which like i you know i I, I think is is great that you can have that we can have like that kind of innovation with the promise of it and then just how much of it at least right now seems totally unrealized and mm-hmm. you know maybe I'm just too close at one point one point in the chart I got you yeah so uh, I'll I'll just clarify uh, what what I was saying so in terms of when I say a healthy market needs alts to thrive, I don't mean that they all of a sudden have use cases. And I don't mean from a fundamental standpoint that they're even worth a shit. Yeah. You know, like I, there's nothing about the altcoins that I'm saying is bringing intrinsic value uh, regarding their tech or use cases or, or anything of the sort. What I mean is that uh, if we're looking at a healthy, you know, let, let's, call this like a little crypto economy. If we're looking at a healthy crypto economy, in the most bullish of situations, you want to see people venturing into more into into more volatile assets that have higher risk associated with them. Right. Because that means that they're confident in the baseline health of the market. The last okay. thing that someone's going to do is invest in like, I don't know, insert shitcoin here, you know, 
they're not going to invest in that if they think Bitcoin's not going to do well. You know, so when we yeah. see these, when we see sustained bull markets in the altcoins, that just means that, and that is one one extra check in the bull column for Bitcoin itself. Just crypto across the board is strong because we see other people boosting up the market. It means fresh fresh capital is coming into the market as a whole. We, we're seeing sector growth in terms of like, you know, if you want to call sector like coin sectors, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, things are starting to grow. Money's coming into the the ecosystem. People are starting to invest. People are starting to innovate because they want funding, and all this stuff starts to starts to flourish because people. And, and this is going to be forecasted when we see things like the the crypto market cap start to to trend upward, and, and specifically the altcoin market cap. When we look at that in isolation, so it'd be the total market cap minus Bitcoin. So we get the altcoin market cap. When, when we look at trends like that, and we see a strong up, upward trending market. That's when we know we're in a real bull market, when we know that capital is just continuing to come into the market uh, and it's not leaving the market. We don't want to see money leaving the market. There's a big difference between taking profit on a position and seeing a correction versus capital just bleeding out of the market. And that's what we don't want to see. Right. So before we go, Nathan, can you just tell me what's going to happen in the next two weeks? Next two weeks. <laughs> uh, let's see. I know you got a video coming, dude. <laughs> so if I had to guess, um, in the next two weeks, we will most likely, let me, I'm pulling up my chart here so I can give you some, some dollar values. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I would I would guess we, in the next two weeks, see a retest of 9,400. Uh, 9,400 was the level that we broke and the market just absolutely just dropped and uh, fell down to 7,750, the level I was talking about in my last video. Um, if I had to guess, I would, I would say we're going to see a retest of 9,400. And from there, we'll have to see where it goes. Um, you know, like right now, it's looking pretty good for um, a little reversal on the intraday charts. Um, the higher time frame stuff, like the monthly charts, the weekly candles, you know, they're not looking half bad. Um, but we really need to, if we want to see a bullish reversal, a, a strong bullish reversal, we really need to come back up and conquer, reconquer this $9,400 level. Um, I'm seeing a lot of strength on, on altcoins right now and their altcoin Bitcoin ratios. Uh, specifically with ether and um, you know, it's, it's up to bat. It's uh, it's, it's, it's teeing up the ball and it's set up for success. All we need to do is just see Bitcoin thrive. And if Bitcoin thrives, we're going to see altcoins thrive. And when altcoins thrive, the entire crypto economy is going to go up. So as long as Bitcoin holds and it doesn't keep dropping down to lower lows, I think we're going to see some pretty strong pumps on, on the altcoin scene. Uh, I think a lot of people have their gaze cast on Bitcoin because they were previously in alts. They were looking at, you know, they were ignoring Bitcoin. They were getting greedy back earlier on in the year. And I think this next pump, you know, I say pump kind of tongue in cheek, but like the next rally, if there is going to be a rally, it's going to come about via altcoins. And I think they're going to outperform Bitcoin, uh, you know, in, in uh, the days following the, uh, the rally. But I think we do see a retest of 9,400. Uh, if we give up, if we don't see a retest of 9,400 and we break down this current level, that's going to be really bad. 
uh, if I'm being honest. Like that's going to be most likely a retest of 6,800. Like it could get really bad really quick. Um, but right now it's, it's holding the levels we want to see uh, as long as it doesn't just absolutely shit itself. Uh, you know, it's set up for success. It just needs to actually, you know, take the bait and go. <laughs> All right, Nathan, you might have a little bit more time and, and, and know a little bit more than me, but I think we're both going to be uh, watching candles a lot in the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, thanks, I think so. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. And again, everybody, you can find Bitcoin Schmitcoin's price analysis on the Bitcoin Magazine website. He posts, it's weekly now, right? Uh, yeah, it's, so it's like, it's been weekly, but um, as, as the price moves, I'll be posting it like a couple of times, uh, a couple of times per week. Yeah, that volume. The Bitcoin Magazine podcast is a BTC media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. You can find us over on Twitter at Bitcoin Magazine, and you can find other engaging shows over at letstalkbitcoin.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next time.